Hey there, you're listening to the Faithful Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and I bring over a decade of experience owning, running, and growing Christian organizations. And in this podcast, I want to help you become a more effective leader for Christ and serve your clients and customers well. Welcome to the show. In our numbers-obsessed culture, there's a tendency to devalue the work that we do if we don't hit some arbitrary goal that we've defined as success. However, since our work has the potential to make an eternal impact, but we don't have the ability to see that potential impact, we risk thinking that God can't use us to accomplish great things. A helpful way to combat this is with the so-called ripple effect. The concept is simple. A skipped stone hits the water in one spot, but the impact reverberates across the surface of the water in a beautiful pattern. It's one of those little things that's become normal to us, despite how awesome it is. However, there's also a great lesson to learn from this in life, business, and in ministry. Too often we aim to measure our impact by how many people know our name or would recognize us in a grocery store. But I don't think this is wise at all because it's a poor way to measure it. Let me ask you this. Does the name Edward Kimball mean anything to you? Most likely not. But how about D.L. Moody? Kimball was Moody's Sunday school teacher, the man who led him to Christ. For Kimball, Moody was no doubt just one of those stones hitting the water. From there, they reverberated out. And today, there's no telling how many are followers of Christ as a result. Now, there's also a false extended version of this story that often circulates, and you can find the link to that in the blog post. But this fact was confirmed by Moody himself. And I think it's a great story that demonstrates how faithfulness to God, even in the little things, can make a big difference in the world. A while back, I was reading an excellent book by an author named Mike Bechtel, Evangelism for the Rest of Us. In the book, he discusses the tension many Christians often feel when it comes to sharing their faith. We all feel obligated to do so, but a few of us feel bold enough to do so at least in the confrontational manner that we're often taught. Bechtel argues that evangelism is not a one-size-fits-all enterprise. We all have different styles, and he, like myself, is quite introverted. Rather than use that as an excuse, though, it could be used as an advantage. I want to give you just one awesome example from the book. It's a bit of an extended quote, but I think it will be worth your time. Quote, Years ago, I wrote high school Sunday school lessons for a large interdenominational publisher. Once a quarter, the lesson would include a presentation of the gospel. The curriculum gave the teacher a specific way of presenting the message of faith to the class and included suggestions of how to meet the specific needs of the high school students. There was always encouragement for the teacher to pray deeply about the lesson before presenting it so that God would use the session to bring people to himself. The curriculum was dated, so I always knew which Sunday the lessons were going to be taught. One Sunday, I woke up and did the math. At that time, the publisher's curriculum was used in about 60,000 churches in America. There was an average attendance in high school classes of about 10 students. This means before the day was over, I had arranged for the plan of salvation to be presented to around 600,000 high schoolers. Let's say that one student out of a thousand actually made a commitment to Christ that day. Probably a conservative estimate. 
if accurate, it would mean that my lesson would have resulted in about 600 people making a decision for Christ in one day. So is talking always the best way to be bold? It would take me, an introvert, a long time to share my faith enough to bring 600 people to Christ through talking. Even in writing those lessons, boldness meant I would include things that needed to be said, even if some people might criticize me for it. It meant taking the risk of approaching a publisher to write for them. Was fear involved? Not really, because I was doing what I was wired to do. But there was creative tension as I realized and recognized the scope of my responsibility. Close quote. So what was my point in sharing that? Well, Bechtel's story, and indeed even his writing the book, implies that some part of him felt inadequate while writing those Sunday school lessons just because he was not talking while sharing the gospel with someone. Since he enjoyed the writing, it somehow felt safe or not sacrificial enough. After reflecting on it, he made a gigantic gospel ripple. One of the most dangerous outcomes of thinking your work is or could be insignificant is this. You'll sit on the sidelines waiting for someone else to do your job. We may never get to see or appreciate the impact we're making, at least not until we meet the Lord, but we could take comfort that He does see it, and He does appreciate it. Whether in business or ministry, and frankly, I think they can be one of the same, our job is to show up, be faithful, and get it done. If we take action, God can use it. But if we sit on the sidelines, we risk losing the chance to make a real, tangible impact on the world. And that's just simply too high a price to pay. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another week on the Faithful Business Podcast. If we can be a help or a blessing to your business or to you as the leader of your business, then reach out to us. You can go to faithfulbusiness.com. That's faith-f-u-l-l-business.com and find all of our resources there as well as schedule time consulting with me. God bless you. Take care.